Welcome to Mudflap and Palmer We're Forced to Do a Podcast, a weekly bonus bit of the Mudflap and Palmer Show, starring Mudflap and Palmer. Reach out to us on Facebook or email mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com. Now, against their will and most people's wishes, here are Mudflap and Palmer. Well, hey, y'all, and welcome to episode number 17 of Mudflap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast. I am Palmer. I am Mudflap. And for those of you wondering, and we had quite a few people actually ask us why there was no new podcast last Friday. I was down with it was COVID. His fault. It, was my, it was my fault, and I admit it. I was down with COVID, actually tested positive on Thursday morning. So I, not only did I have COVID and was out for several days, missed uh, two days, three days of work. My entire 4th of July holiday was gone. That was toast. The family caught it. So our, Oh, all so our, sharing is caring. It really is. Now, the first time, this is the second go around for us. Yep. As far as COVID is concerned, the first time was about 18 months ago. No, it was, it was almost two years. Because last night when I was scrolling through my Facebook memories, mm-hmm. I have the home set up of when we were working from home. So right. I don't know if that was No, when, no, no. That was when other people caught it. That's right. And they shut it down for yes. a week. You're right. Okay. And we had to work from home I, for I almost was, a month. I was so confused. I was like, why is that showing up when I know for a fact? Yeah, mine was more towards the fall. And if you remember correctly, when somebody else, when COVID first reared its ugly head around here and we lost a couple people uh, for several weeks, they closed the whole building down. You're right. And at that point, we were both doing the show from home. Now, when I caught COVID, you were here in the studio, and I was doing it from home. Yeah, it's so confusing. You've had it so many times. I've oh, lost, come on. I've just lost count. Come on. You're, you're worse than my uh, you know, 24-year-old in college. So as you can hear, my voice is still not 100%, but uh, feeling well. I want to thank everybody for the well wishes, but that's why we didn't have an episode 17 last week. And actually, that gives you a chance to go back and dig through some of the previous episodes to hear some you know, I did. Comedy I, and Radio Gold on podcast. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thanks again for the comments uh, and the and the thoughts and the prayers and all that stuff. And we are back now with episode 17. Now, got a couple things to talk about. Uh, we've already talked about the COVID, so we'll push that to the side. We have a top five coming your way in a few minutes. But I want to address this because we did it on the air. And actually, a lot of people showed interest in this. And that is... You and I got into a conversation on the air earlier in the week about country songs. Okay. About country songs and how simplistic a lot of them are. Now, a lot of this goes back about 10, 15 years to when, quote unquote, bro country started. Yeah, when Florida Georgia Line really mm-hmm. hit the scene, they, they kind of created it. They had him and Luke Bryan yep. and, you know, that type of thing. And they so. dove into that, and there was a certain simplicity and a uh, a common theme to a lot of these bro country type songs. It was bro- a lot of plug and play. A lot of plug and play, which is what we were discussing. We said, look, there are some songwriters right now that write clever or deep songs. Uh, I'm looking specifically at the women songwriters who tend to go deeper and have more meaningful song lyrics. In general, the guys, they're okay with doing the party songs, for the most part. A uh, couple things. We have two songs right now that are on the radio. Country On is the new Luke Bryan song. Just pour a little more country on. Country on. And yeah. Party Mode is the new Dustin Lynch song. Party Mode, Party Mode, Party Mode. 
those two songs specifically and how simplistic they were. Oh. From the titles to they the They beat themes. you over the head yes. with the title of that song. Yes. Luke Bryan, Dustin Lynch, Country On, and Party Mode. You're going to hear a lot of them on your country radio station. Now, for the record, I don't have a problem with either song. But <sighs> I, I'm, I'm a little... It wears me out a little bit as much as they keep going back to the well of On the title. On top of that, and one thing we talked about is it's lazy songwriting in a lot of ways. Well, that doesn't bother me. That bothers you because you're a writer. It, yeah, I tend to be a little more analytical about that. But there are themes, and we talked about them on the air, that continuously come up, whether it's calling a female person girl, addressing them as girl. There's a truck. There's a back road. All these things. There's there's, there's a party in a cornfield somewhere. Some summery drink, a margarita or yeah. whatever. Uh, and all these things tend to rear their ugly heads again and again in these specific type of songs. Now, people think and say that bro country is kind of fading out a little bit, but there's still examples of this that continue coming out to this day. See, I will say, yeah, it is fading out a little bit. And you can kind of see it with some of the new directions, some of the, but because when we notice bro country mm-hmm. as on the radio, it really stands out now. Yeah, where, absolutely. Where at one point it was just FGL and Sam Hunt and Luke Bryan. And, every song, yeah. every song that was sung by a male seemed to go down that road. Al Dean did it. Yeah. Oh God, he was one of the biggest yeah. offenders mm-hmm. when it came to that, and it was there was a sameness. To male vocalists on country radio. It got to the point where you and I, we're in a studio every day for eight hours. And if we weren't looking at the screen, it got to the point was, who was singing that song? Exactly. Because they all sounded the same. Now, to be honest, there are some male artists that didn't completely immerse themselves in that. For example, a good example, and maybe one of the reasons why Bro Country was kind of killed off a little bit, is Chris Stapleton. Like him or hate him. He never went down that road. That was something to this day. I don't, I don't think, think he there's can. one song. Right. Let's be honest. He has a style, and it's yeah. not that. Yeah. He, I don't think, even if they came up to him and said, hey, this is going to be the song of your career if you right. do it like this, I don't think he can pull that off. Exactly. And that's part of the problem. You just actually touched on something. I think for a long time, the record labels would look at a new artist and say, how do we get you noticed? Well, you have to put a song out there that can compete with all these other songs and by these established to, artists. And let's be honest, you and I are not the target audience. You know, they're looking at younger, younger males. Yes, and females. You know, teenagers. Sure. You know, young into 20s. Your, uh, yeah, young 20s. That's what they're shooting for. So for us, a lot of this is like, oh, oh this would have been cool 30 years ago. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And also there's a simplicity to a lot of the lyrics. And one of the ones that I always bring up, and you know that I do, is Chris Lane's song, I Don't Know About You. This would get Girl, I know your favorite beer because you told me and I bought it. That's deep. You, you know That's deep. You know how deep that is? How deep is that? It is deep in your head because <laughs> it's living rent free. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and whoever wrote that, it basically, Party. You, you have taken up so much space in Mudflap's head. He will never let this go. And this is the problem because as a kid and even in my younger, you know, 20s and 30s, I listen to music, and I'm a huge music fan. I listen to music for the hook, for the hook, for the instruments, for the groove, for whatever it is. Well, that at I least never isn't really in the hook, I never thought too though. much about the lyrics. Yeah, that part of it isn't in the hook, thank goodness. Exactly. But I, in, in kind of getting ready for the podcast, I looked up that line, <laughs> and I didn't realize that Hardy, who we've made fun of in the past for being very simplistic. We, we discovered this before. Yes. 
And I did not, and I had forgotten that he had been a co-writer on that song along with Chris Lane and I think one or two oh, other people. Oh, trust me, you went on like a 20-minute rampage on the air about Hardy and, that was and writing this. the benefit of the podcast. So imagine, I'm it, not even going to go down that road right it, now. I'm just going to say that it, it is one of those There was no offenders. cursing. That, that's the only difference. And I'm not going to curse now. Okay. Look at you. Uh, hold me to that, all right? All right. Would you please? I'll try. Because I can't promise. Well, I know. I put it out there as a goal, sir, not a promise. Filter's been gone for a while. Okay. So, with all these things said and how simplicity kind of rules a lot of male country singers, what we did was, let's take all these elements. And on the air, in between, we talk at like 10 after, and then we talk at like 20 or 30 after. So, we had about 20 minutes. In that time, I wrote a song. Yeah. Just with to, those things that we discussed. Right. And when we went back on the air, I said, here's the lyrics, and it was a complete song. Now, my problem is that I went back last night, was looking at it again, going, oh, I changed that. I changed that. Of course you would. But that's not the point of this. <laughs> the point is to be able to just rip it and read it right like that off the top of your head because it is well, so simplistic. The interesting thing is that you send it to Colt Ford. I did. And he responded. He laughed. He laughed at it. I didn't ask him to, to like record it or anything. Why? But no, I'm just, I don't. Why? That's not, that's he not owes me, me anyway. That's something he owes you. You ask him to record it then. I'll be more than happy to. I'll give you to. the number. I'll hey. give you the number. He won't know who it is and he'll go. Yeah, that's, new, that's new, true. New phone, who this? <laughs> he, he owes me a guitar and an apology. So here's the thing. And I posted up, it's actually pinned on the top of my page on Facebook. And yeah. I posted up the lyrics and I said, here's the deal. And I opened this up to anybody who wanted to take a swing at it. I said, look, I can write lyrics, apparently. I just did right there in no time because I'm not really digging deep. We're not trying to come, you know, come up with no, we're trying, to heaven or anything. No, we're trying to retire. <laughs> Which we may still be able to. <laughs> but I posted up the complete lyrics, and I said, anybody who wants to set this to music is welcome to do it. And the best version of that that we get gets to perform it live on our show. And if it's that good, we will continue to play it for a while, giving you credit. If Joe Blow performs the song, which we called Country Mode, and if he performs it, we'll go, hey, that's Joe Blow and Country Mode on 99.3 The Cat, and we'll play it. Yeah, we'll give you full props. Like any other song we play on the radio. Well, I'm a little disappointed because we have somebody in our company that sings. Well, they contacted. Oh, did they? Yes, they did. Okay. Yes, they did. And I, and I shooed it, them away. No! Are you talking? This should be open to everybody. Are we talking about the same person? Yeah. Candace? Yeah. Okay, she was the first person to reach out. She should cut it. But I did say that this was more of a bro country thing, so maybe a woman... I mean, and I still welcome her to do it. Wow. But wow, you shut her down, huh? Only in the fact that, that, that we're trying to make fun of that particular oh, no. subgenre. I want everybody to do it. Well, if she wants to do it, that's fine. I mean, that, that is fine. I'm not telling her no, but she said, no, I've got a lot of musician friends. I feel like you told her no. Well, I'm going to go back and look at that post because I, I guarantee you said no, no. You know, no, a couple you, weeks ago, you got you, mad at me because I said you hated women. Apparently, I hate women. Yeah, well, you just put it out there. <laughs> 100%. Bottom line is, if you go to my Facebook page, uh, the lyrics are there, and we're opening it up to anybody with any musical talent to, to take those lyrics, set them to your music, Come in and perform them on the air and perhaps get continued airplay for the song, which we have entitled Country Mode. And we don't care where you're from. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. You yeah. can MP3 it to mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com, and we will absolutely give you guys props if it's that good. Yep. Agreed. So that being said, that's underway. And look forward to perhaps being able to add that song to a podcast in the next few weeks. 
Because a lot of people were tagged in that post, and a lot of people showed interest in that Ooh, post. Oh, I know who else you can send it to. It just hit me. You, who? And you just talked to him. Who? Jaron in the Long Road of, of, to Love. Oh, that's right. The guy that did yeah. uh, Pray For You. Yes. Uh, just swapped some messages with him on Facebook about two or three weeks ago. And uh, I should let him know. That's a, that's another person we should get in on this because yeah, he's a great musician. Dawned on me and a great singer. Yeah, he was another person that we used to talk to a lot. Uh, once upon a time, and then he lost our number. Uh, I don't, but it wasn't because of fame. He just had the one and done. Oh yeah, the one song and done. He was on my afternoon show like every week. Yeah, he would call. And he just would hang call out in on the phone. and talk and, and do all that. And then once that song went away, so did he. That was pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, check please. Okay, so there you go. You can go to the Cat Country, fa- or I'm sorry, you can go to my Facebook page, find the lyrics, and have at it. If you're a musician, this is your shot at getting on the radio. And your Facebook page is what? Uh, it's just Mudflap. Okay. Just uh, could put it on the Mudflap and Palmer page. No, I just wanted to throw it out there because a lot of people may not know what your Facebook oh, page is. Being some that, people may you know, know my personal page. To the some, podcast, right. yeah. Well, we'll put it out there on the Mudflap and Palmer page It's a little as well. different from being on the air. It is true, and I will tag you as well so you can have it on your page. Okay. Uh, and basically, again, the end game here is what? To retire. To retire. We want to make money off this. That's all we're looking for. We want a version of this song that's so good. Record labels come and say, we'd like to play that. And then we say, oh, yeah? You know, I just Pay want a, me. I want a Bobby Bonilla deal to where I get paid, you know, every year at you know, the same time. And I'm more like a Goodfellas deal. What's that? F you. Pay me. F you. <laughs> yeah. Pay me. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. I don't even want to be nice about it. Pay me songs yours. I can write more. It's okay. That's true. I can give more ideas. There you go. All right. And again, as Ed Palmer has fully established, whether I go, he also goes. Oh, yeah. That, I'm Especially glad. when it comes to money. 1,000%. 1,000%. All right. We got one more thing to talk about. Uh, top five list. We didn't do one in a couple weeks. No, we haven't. Uh, but today's top five list is our top five war movies. We don't do politics. I think we should have like a no politics zone. But we do love to argue. Look at us. We're already fighting. Well, that's what we do. It's time for Mudflap and Palmer's Top 5. Talking Top 5. How did this come up? Is this because you watched that meat grinder? No, you're talking about Operation. <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> Operation Mincemeat. Yeah, meat grinder, mincemeat, no. whatever it is. <laughs> it's on Netflix right now. Because, no. good Lord, that was like watching a meat grinder. No, I did It just not, took forever. I have not seen that. But it, it was, was just something I guess I came across somebody mentioned. It was painful. That they'd seen a particular war movie, and I said, oh, that's a great idea for a top five. So, it took so long. With that being said, here are our top five war movies. Uh, and you asked me beforehand, is this going to be like miniseries, TV shows? No, yeah, because- straight- Cinematic movies. Number one would be for me if it was a miniseries. It's Band of Brothers, right? I know, and, and it's not even close. And we'll give that a kind of a, a five A here because it it does rank so highly. It should be one A. <laughs> okay, one A. And again, it has to be Easy Company, not that trash they put out with the Pacific. <laughs> that was so bad. We are, we're venturing into Ed Palmer opinion territory right now, as we should. It's uh, the Mudflap and Palmer podcast. That's right, and it's the top five. So, what's your number five best? war movie of all time i say this with the premise of the first half of the movie was great okay oh i know what you're gonna say full metal jacket yep when they were in basic that was an amazing movie uh and then when they went to vietnam they took a weird right turn that i don't know where it went but it just went to hell in a handbasket really quick and the funny part about that is the first half of the movie is not a war movie no boot camp but the war movie is the part that you don't really care for but overall it's strong enough to put as your number five. Easily. My number five is Black Hawk Down. Good movie. Uh, 
from what I've heard from actual people that were involved in that operation, it is as realistic as you can get to actually being there, firing those guns and getting shot at and being, you know, trapped and, and with no way out of that. It's been a while since I've seen it, but they've got just basically that city street in Somalia and they can't get out. Yeah. And they're just pinned down by all these people that know the place like the back of their hand and they're picking these guys off. Black Hawk down, mine easily my number five. Uh, number four for me is Glory. Oh, that comes up. Does it? It's in my list. Okay. It, yeah, you can't get better than that. It ends up in the low country at the end of the movie. Yeah, and you're talking in, you know, in large part, there's a lot of South Carolina in that. Yeah, a lot of James Island and then really the back half of the movie, they're in South Carolina. And you and I, off the air, uh, we actually refer to that movie quite a bit with liners and, and one lines and things like that. Yep. Uh, Denzel the, was so amazing. You know what the bad part about that movie is? Mm-mm. Matthew Broderick. As much as I like him, he just came across as so false in that movie. I'll say yes and no, because when you look at it, he acted like somebody from up north. And, and, he, and he like a kinda, fish out of water? Yeah, he kind of nailed that. And especially when you get around, you know, Glory um, was basically ex-slaves. You right. Know, and, you know, African-Americans who were able to join up and, and go fight you know, the South. Now, the arc of his character, I'm not going to complain about that at all because he wants to be their friend and he wants to be seen as the good guy, the good white guy. No, the problem I had a problem, the guy I had a problem with was his second in command. Carrie Ellis? Very much so. Really? Because all I could see him is in a comedy. And that mm. was his real first jump into something that serious. And, and again, I- he didn't take the character mm-hmm. of his major or whatever he was. He was almost not taking that situation seriously either. He and Matthew Broderick's character were there because they saw this as an opportunity. Well, he went because of Matthew Broderick because right, they were friends. Exactly, they were right, exactly, they were friends. Yeah. So Now, the Irish sergeant was so spot on. Oh, the guy, the drill instructor? Oh, my God. Yes, he was great. Yeah, he as, was. as was Denzel Washington. Denzel, Morgan Freeman. for that. Great movie. You know what? I was going to put that as my number three. But because we're talking about it at length, I'm going to put that as my number four. What's your number three? Uh, number three is We Were Soldiers. Never seen it. And, and is such... That's a Mel Gibson movie, right? Oh, my God. And as a matter of fact, there is an individual that lives here around us that was actually there. Hmm. Um, he was one of the radio oper- operators during that whole thing. And he says, you know, for the most part, they had to condense this movie. Um, the way they kind of mapped it out didn't really kind of happen the way it... It is as far as they were stretched out and things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, once they hit the ground in Vietnam, it is just balls to the wall um, until they leave. And it's so entertaining. Yeah, it's a movie that I, I remember when it came out and I never saw it and I never went back to it, but it's one that I you have will to watch eventually that movie. go watch it. My number three, again, I had Glory at number three, but I've switched these now. So my new number three is Inglorious Bastards, the Quentin Tarantino movie with Brad Pitt, uh, where they go. It's a World War II movie, if you haven't seen it, but it's a fantasy in that they go and they take out like the entire command structure of the Third Reich. Yeah. Um, this is a good movie. I almost made I my list. I love that movie. I actually had it written down and did crossed really? it out. I really did. I love that movie. I'm a Quentin Tarantino fan. There's so much that I like about his movies. They're very long, so you have to be a fan in order to watch them, and there's a lot of talking. In his movies. That surprises me that you make it through a movie that long because you are typically one of these people. He'll come in and he'll go, 
hey, I you know I started watching so such and such, right? And I'll go, what do you mean started? Goes, yeah, you know, I made it about halfway through, and I'll, I'll go back and watch it in a couple weeks. <laughs> and it makes my head hurt the way he watches movies on every level because nine times out of ten, that's how you do it. Yeah, it's it's true, and. It shows you how much of a fan of Quentin Tarantino I am and that all of his movies are long. Super long. Every single one of them are long. You go to Django Unchained. You go to uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. All of these, The Hateful Eight, all these are amongst my favorite movies. Very good. Uh, Kill Bill 1 and 2 and, of course, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. All of them are long, longer and longest. Yes, they are. And uh, I'm a fan of all of them. Uh, so Inglorious Bastards comes in at number three for me. You're number two. Platoon. A tough leave for me. Wow, I'm surprised. A tough leave because that is iconic. Yeah, I love that movie um, so much. Just everything about that movie. And it's a morality play. It really is. It's uh, it's amazing because you, you think when you meet these characters that things are going to go one way. And then it goes an entirely spirals different Spirals out of control. And yes. It's brilliant movie making. It made Oliver Stone's career. It made his name. Oh, 100%. And it is amazing. No. And Obviously, some of it's a little over-dramatized. Right, because but, it is a morality play. Right, but for the most part, you have to think at some point, things like that probably went down. Right. I, I think when you watch that, the guide is morality trumps reality in this. A lot yes. of it is based in reality, but the moral message, what he's trying to get across, takes precedence. So while you go, uh, a little that's over the top, it's yeah. because the moral story is what he's trying to get across at that, at that You almost point. have to watch that movie tw two or three times to pick up on the whole absolutely. deep message in that movie he's trying to send you. If this was a top ten list, it'd be absolutely in there. I think one of the reasons uh, my list goes where it goes is because I took some slightly less obvious movies and put them in mm -hmm. my top five. Okay. Uh, my number two is uh, not one of those. I love this movie. And it would be in my top five regardless if I, I put in like Platoon and Full Metal Jacket and stuff like that. Even though I love those movies, Three Kings with George Clooney, uh, Mark Wahlberg, oh. Ice Cube. I love that movie. Yeah. Love that movie. I, that one's a hard no for me. It was about Operation, the first Operation Desert Shield. Yeah. Um, and these soldiers in Iraq who decide that they're going to steal some money from Saddam Hussein, some gold. And it's about them going off the grid and doing stuff on the sly to get all this gold, which they figure is untraceable. Right. And it's what happens when they go get it, what happens when they try to bring it back. I love that movie. And, I, and I'm just a George Clooney fan, so it really... And not only that, but I like Ice Cube as an actor. I like Ice Cube, and he was the only redeeming factor in this movie. He was great in that. Yeah. I, that was where he went from, a, like, Friday yeah. to a real actor. And shut I wish your you, mouth. Don't yeah. you tell me that Friday's not real. Okay, because uh, me and, you, I mean, but that's me and a comedy, you are going to straight fight. No, no, that's a comedy, and he plays it as a comedy. Yes. So, and it's written as a comedy. This is him playing a straight character, and he was tremendous in this. What's your number one? Uh, this one was easy. It's Saving Private Ryan. Mm -hmm. And I knew you'd go there because we've talked about this many times. Love this movie. I watch it every single time that it's on, um, and now it's on Netflix, so I watch it whenever I want to. Such a hard watch, especially that last battle scene. Yep. Such a hard watch. And as we have heard and mentioned with other movies like Black Hawk Down and uh, We Are uh, we Were Soldiers, uh, the realism here, when it comes to Saving Private Ryan, we've heard multiple stories about World War II veterans and, and guys that were there who basically just felt like they were there again because it's oh, that yeah. well portrayed. The, yeah, the opening of D-Day. Yes. It's one of those things where it's like, wow. 
And again, you we talked about this for some reason just a couple of weeks ago on the air. And one of the cool things to watch from a cinematic sta- standpoint is when they're making that landing at the beach. The action isn't just in front of you in it's the center everywhere. of the screen. In the background where you think that a director or actors wouldn't be paying attention to what's going on and just kind of just running up the beach, there's stuff going on back there. And they don't focus on it yeah, because but you can see if you it. were really there, you wouldn't be focusing on stuff you know, just in front of you. You'd see things all over the place right. that was happening. And the way that he brought that to the big screen is tremendous. And the funny thing about that movie also is it had been years from the time it came out that I actually saw it. That doesn't surprise me I know, at all. I know. That's not interesting on any level. That, that's one of that's those, a movie. That's one of those things that doesn't surprise me. That's a movie that I did see in parts. And then again, when I finally when the, when I saw the last part and finally had a complete picture, I went back immediately and watched the whole thing in its entirety from beginning to end, and was blown away by how good that movie you was. You need a doctor. Really need a doctor, sir. Well, you're going to say that when I tell you what my number one movie is. What is it? We already brought up a Mel Gibson movie once with We Were Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Braveheart. I love Braveheart. I do too. Um, and honestly, I didn't even think about putting that in a war movie. And it is a war but, movie. But it is. Uh, it's, but you're right. The battle between the uh, the it's, Irish, the Scottish, the English, you know. It's all Scottish for the most part. Yeah. And the battle scenes at the time that this movie came out, and I can't speak to the realism because obviously you're talking about something that was 1,200 years ago. That nobody witnessed. That yeah. nobody alive would have come close to witnessing. But the battle scenes were. They're great. They were uh, critics, even people that didn't like the movie said, yeah, when you when these guys get on the battlefield, it's insanity. It is straight up chaos. So I remember in that movie, I believe they used actual soldiers um, that were part of the, the both, you know, for long Like the reenactors? Yeah, the reenactors. Okay. Um, but they were, no, like legitimate in the army type of soldiers. Um, I remember seeing interviews with stuff like that. All right. Off the top of your head, can you think of other movies that would have made the list, but if the list were longer? 1917. Good one. That one's good a great one. movie. Um, that one is good. Uh, uh, the Great Escape, which was with Stephen Queen back in the 60s, about the German pris- uh, prisoner of war time, camp. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but also very long, so you probably wouldn't get through it. I mean, it's like a three-hour movie. You don't know. Um, but you could also look at, say, uh, the uh, Scarlet O'Hara and, uh, and Red Butler. In Gone with the Wind, a lot of that is considered a war movie. There's a lot of civil war going on in that movie, even though that wasn't the focal point. So you could kind of even include that. And I love that movie. Love that movie. Is there anything else that you would include you want to give an honorable mention to? Here's one that I thought you were going to go to. What? Star Wars. I um, thought you were going to go there because, and I, and I would have given you a pass on that. I was legit. You could. I would have totally gone legit with it. As a matter of fact, I almost included that in my list just, just to, to mess with j- me. Yes, yes, because you're such a Star Wars fan. But that I think of the Star Wars movies, and you've seen them all. Just the movies, not the Mandalorian, not these other things. But you've seen all the, the cinematic movies. Which one would you say closely, most closely resembles a war movie? Would oh. it be the first one? No. I mean, the back part of it, yeah. Right, where they're attacking the Death Star. But then they pick immediately up with Empire Strikes Back, and there's right. the battle on Hoth. So which one of those would you, would you if you had to pick one, which one would be a quote-unquote war movie or closest to it? I would say Revenge of the Sith. Really? 
because the back end of that where you get order 66 and you know the entire time they're they're looking for Dooku and General Grievous um you know and it's pretty much well that's the only movie out of the first second and third movies that if you look at it in order right that was any good at all so it's it's funny I, I swear I kind of part of me wishes but I don't want to leave any of the movies out that I used but part of me wishes I'd put Star Wars in there just to see your eyebrows go up that would have surprised me to be quite <laughs> honest with you and yeah. I thought hard about it I really did and then I thought well he's gonna do that and I was sure that you were that but once you got past a certain point in your list, I knew Saving Private Ryan was your number one. Yeah. And it wasn't even close. No, no. But I thought it was going to make your top five at some point. So easy. And the other one that um, I almost made my list was The Hurt Locker. Yeah. Because that's really good. You know, and there's others that we can say, like American Sniper was good. Um, if you go back and watch it again, it's a little weak. Zero Dark Thirty was good. That was a good movie. Uh, so there's other ones that are more... And maybe it's because of the recency bias and that these are movies from the last 10 years or so. So we don't consider them with as much weight as we do these movies that came previously. But also, very, and Hurt Locker, great movie. Uh, I really, and I consider that one as well to, yeah. put, to put that on my list. Yeah. But anyway, we appreciate you guys letting us know what you think. You can reach out to us on social media. You can, of course, email us, mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com. And make sure you listen to us on the radio. Uh, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Our app is usually up and running. If we don't get knocked off by lightning or something like that, <laughs> you can just look up WWKT Florence, South Carolina, or Cat Country 99.3, or listen to us on FM if you happen to be here in the area. Any last words on this episode 17, sir? Hi, good to have you back, man. And it's good to be back. Yeah, and, and, stop and again, getting COVID. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Just stop. I'm going to try. Just be immune like me. <laughs> I still don't know how you've avoided it. I don't know how you've avoided it. I haven't figured it out. I mean, we literally... I have literally spit in your oatmeal every morning trying to get you sick. The and day it's not work. The day before, we were basically in this studio for eight hours, and we sit three feet across from each other. Yes! And, you know, my wife has had it. My son has had it. We are all in the same house. Mm-hmm. Didn't get it then. I've just been fortunate, so... Just be careful. I've been fortunate in the two bouts of COVID that I've had that it's been very, very mild. I know other people have struggled with it, so please take care of yourselves. And uh, we'd love to see you back here next week. A new episode goes up every Friday on the Cat Country website, of course, and anywhere you get your podcasts. We hope that you have a wonderful week. All right. Bye, y'all. And that's a wrap. Thanks for checking out the Mudflap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast podcast. A new episode goes live every Friday. So check back then. If you need more of the guys, you can hear Mudflap and Palmer in the PD on 99.3 The Cat weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. and around the world via the Cat Country app. Have a great week.